welcome to Where's My Blueprint podcast, where we talk about all things adulting, our experiences, navigating adulthood, and what we learned along the way. We invite you to join our weekly conversations while we create our own blueprints on this amazing journey and hope some of the lessons we learned can help you. Here are my co-hosts, Nay and Sunny D. Hey everybody, it's your girl Sunny D here to brighten up your day. I'm a new business owner transitioning from corporate America. And frankly, I can't trust anybody that don't like tacos. Hey friends, I'm Nay. I'm so excited to share and grow with y'all. I'm a full-time wife, full-time mommy, and part-time employee. Nutella is my love language. This is your girl, Nakai, and I am your host on Where's My Blueprint Podcast. I am so excited to have you guys here, and I love brownies and seaweed. So let's get to the episode. Hey, welcome back to Where's My Blueprint Podcast, episode 18. We are excited to have two freaking awesome and amazing women to join our conversation today on adulting and we get to know them a little bit better and I'm so excited and to understand their blueprints. So we have, are y'all ready? The co-founders of Sure Refinements and our sponsors are here in the house today. Yay! Studio audience, clap, 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 clap. Welcome to the conversation, Brianna and Kiana Webster. I cannot wait for all these gems that are about to be dropped by our sponsors. And welcome, ladies. Hello. Welcome. Happy to be here. So as you all know, we are sponsored by some amazing businesses. Our first sponsor that we are sponsored by is Take It Away, Sunny D. Hello, everybody. So this episode is sponsored by Divine Timing, which is your one-stop shop for getting your life together. You know, they have journals and planners that you guys can download digitally online. And for all of our listeners, we are giving you guys a really awesome coupon code. It is WMB22. You'll put that in at checkout, save you some coins, get your life together. All right. So listeners, you already know we start out every single episode with a quote. And this quote is so beautiful. And I think it's going to lead us into our beautiful conversation today. And it is by a beautiful woman by the name of Brianna Webster. And it is, if you ain't rerouting from time to time, you ain't human. Keep calm your experience in life. Mm. Let me tell you. With adulting, this is... This is just the perfect thing, right? And so I'm happy to have both of these beautiful young ladies on this episode to join us to talk about adulting, getting to know both of them better and to discover their blueprints for the transition into the world of adulting. But before we start, um, I want both of them to introduce themselves to our audience. So we're going to start with Miss Kiana and then head on to Miss Brianna. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Kiana Webster. And, you know, everyone calls me Key, but y'all can call me Kiana for this sake. Um, So a little bit about me. I am currently in graduate school. I didn't think I was going to be here, honest, but I'm currently in graduate school at Texas State University. Um, So excited. I graduate in May. I'm originally from like Longview, Texas, and I'm so happy to be here and talking with you all. So hello again. Yeah. Okay. So my name is Brianna. Um, I guess I just follow Kiana. I'm from Longview as well. So we're cousins, obviously obviously, Brianna Kiana Webster. (laughs) So let's just go ahead and throw that out there. Uh, Let's see. 
I am a flourishing 34-year-old um, rehab counselor at a community college. I work with students who have disabilities, um, in particular students with vision impairment. So I love, love what I do. And then outside of that, I am pursuing my passion of helping young women become the best version of themselves. Yes! Clap, 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 clap. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for those amazing introductions. And I love how you said flourishing. We are flourishing in 2022. And so while we are going to go ahead and get started, I want you both to tell me about your journey into adulthood. And I know, Miss Kiana, you are the youngest on this episode. So you are a little cute baby. So I want you to start out with telling us about your journey first, and then we will transition into Miss Brianna. Well, I don't know if it's a journey or not. Um, I feel like I'm still not an adult. <laughs> That's honestly why I went back to grad school because I was like, I don't really know how to pay bills. Like this is this is kind of scary. So I started off um, as a resident assistant. Um, so I've never actually been living in an actual apartment until I graduated from college, which was in 2020. And so I guess I'll just start. I think my adulthood honestly started when I went to college and got away from my mama. I love my mama. I'm not gonna say I love my mama. However, um, when I left her house, I really that there was a lot of things that she taught me that was not like what you use in college. Uh, there were so many things that I learned that people live different ways in college. So I definitely learned a lot about that. But um, one of the things that I'll say that my journey into adulthood was I learned that people are different and from all different walks of life. So I just learned how to take little bits and pieces from my friends, um, from their parents, from different cultures. And that's just honestly how I started my um, journey into adulthood trying to figure out who I am as a person and honestly I'm I don't even know if I'm an adult right now um I don't even know if I'm real <laughs> a real adult but I'm I'm working on it and I'm still learning we all are <laughs> you said that so beautifully and Miss Brianna yes and it was so pure and authentic that's what's so funny about it she's like I don't even know if I'm an adult yet I'm like okay it's okay baby just keep living um <laughs> she made me forget the question what's the question <laughs> She made me feel so sad for her. Like relatable content. (laughs) (laughs) It's very relatable. I love that though. Cause she's, she's true. Like, I don't even know if I'm an adult. I I hate paying bills about your journey into adulthood. Yeah. um, No, it's actually funny. Cause well, I've already told you I'm 34. So I was like, I can't, I really want to tell your age, but I'm 10 years older than Kiana. So that tells you how she is, but I'm still not going to tell her age. So I would say when I was 10 years younger, I was probably lost too. like, am I really a human? Am I doing this right? Do I need to put oil in my tank? What would happen if I don't like, and see, I just said oil in tank. They don't even go. But anyways, I will say this. Um, (laughs) that, so honestly, that is how the journey of my life honestly looks like. Like you just go with it. You know what I'm saying? And you figure it out. Like I have been one of those ones when I got my first car, I did blow out my engine because I did not get the oil change. I didn't know you're supposed to get your oil change. I mean, I knew you're supposed to put gas in your tank, but you know what I'm saying? But I didn't know like about the oil thing and all that stuff. So I think for me, like my journey has just been um, making mistakes and learning from those mistakes and deciding whether I'm going to make the same decision when I'm faced with the same mistake or respond differently to it. And I'm still doing that now. So y'all are awesome. For each of you, tell me four words you will use to describe your journey into adulthood. So I'm always extra. So I think my four words would kind of go in a sentence. And I would say my four words or my life is 
a beautiful nightmare of ebbs and flows. I can elaborate on that later. Hold on. Hold on. Rewind. (laughs) Rewind. (laughs) Say that again for the people in the back. My life is a beautiful nightmare of ebbs and flows. I'm sorry. I just had to sit with that. It is. You know, I think that's what, when I think about my life, that's really what it is. It's, it's the good, it's the bad, and there's ebbs and flows of both. And really that's what life is all about. And it's about balance. So it's, it's about though. So the real, the, like the totality of all four of those things would be balance. And that I think is when you have figured out life is when you figured out this balance of good, bad, happy sad you know what I'm saying like negative positive like that's really what the world is about right like we got the sun the moon all that stuff so once you learn how to take everything that life brings at you and find that balance then you Gucci like you can go man Ki- Kiana you want to follow I'm that up I'm supposed to follow that up <laughs> <laughs> um but for me I guess I'll just go by the stages I think I've kind of endured since I'm here at 24 years old and I'll say um healing my soul trailblazing, finding paths that um, other of my families haven't done before. I'll also say enduring because I've endured a lot of stuff, but I still have a lot of stuff to endure. Um, And the last one, I'll just say foundational because I'm setting a foundation for people behind me and um, some people who are older than me. So foundational. Nice. And since you brought up foundational, I have a question for you both. In those descriptions of your journey into adulthood, do you think you had a blueprint or do you currently have a blueprint or are you working on your blueprint like how is that related to those words that you use said that you um your life has been a beautiful nightmare of ebbs and flows and in that you've learned balance and also Kiana I know you said that your a word to describe your journey into adulthood is foundational and here at where's my blueprint podcast we're all about your blueprint so in dealing with those words and your journeys of you know adulthood do you have a blueprint are you currently in the process of making a blueprint what has been your experience with that I'll say for me, I think that I'm creating my blueprint as I go because I've seen people in my family. I don't like, I think the path that they chose doesn't fit with who I am as a woman. And so I'm trying to redefine um, and I'm kind of creating it kind of, y'all play the game of life and like how they give you, like he's spinning and then you got to take a certain way. So I'm really just really building my blueprint as I go. And and sometimes I fall and I go forward and I go back and, you know, I pick up people that don't need to be in my car, but, you know, I'm just trying to figure it out and I'm trying to tell people that this is my blueprint and figure it out as I go by myself. Once again, such relatable content. Very, very, very much so, especially picking up people in your car that may or may not need to be there and also kicking people out your car when they cease to serve their person purpose so relatable Kriana what about you lady so first of all I'm like Kiana when did you play life you never played life you too young to play that game girl go on you never played that game you don't even know how to play you supposed to turn the wheel to see who goes first like you don't even know do know that game I do know that game I do know but yo that was our game me and my cousin that was our game man we get them little pegs and then when it was time to get married oh I was so excited y'all we even had a son when we got married anyways I'm not even going to sing it, but we had a rap song when it was time for us to stop and get married. It was so amazing. 
but man, you're funny. All y'all are funny, actually. But um, and see again, I go off and forget what the question is. But what I will say is this: so we just did a workshop last Sunday, and it was called um, "My Mother Is Disqualified to Teach Me What She Didn't Learn." And basically, what it, yeah, oh yeah, honey, it was real good. It was real, real good. I might even give y'all my rap Mary song since y'all really enjoyed that. I just see it, but. <laughs> But um, basically what it was saying was, you know what I'm saying? Like we all have a path to choose, whether we go down the path that our mother chose or we go down the path that we chose for ourselves. So just in thinking and hearing Kiana talk, like I was thinking we all follow a blueprint. Now, whether we're following our own blueprint or one that was created and designed for us and told for us to go on, we all have our own blueprint. So I would say um, up until the age of 32, I followed what society's blueprint said had set out for me. And so now at the age of 33, um, going into about a year now of learning how to create my own blueprint for my life, I would say I'm just now understanding and discovering like what it looks like for me to create the life that I want. That makes a lot of sense. I feel like a lot of that growth happens, or at least with the three of us from what we've discussed in the past kind of happens. And when you hit that, that 30 year mark, you know, in your 30s, that decade, there's a lot of, um, unlearning and, and relearning things that, that's going on. So um, Kiana, I have a question for you. Since you're the youngest, do you feel like there was something that you needed from your parents to have a blueprint to enter into adulthood that maybe you needed or some advice that they gave you that was really incredibly beneficial to you thus far? Um, that's a good question. I actually had a conversation with my mom, especially since we were doing that workshop and she found that um, that title, she said, I'm disqualified. I said, mama, hold on, let's have this conversation. <laughs> So we had to have a conversation. And one of the things that she brought up was that she kind of acknowledged that she didn't raise me for this generation. She raised me to be a housewife and to be a mother, but she didn't realize that that wasn't a part of my, of who I am as a person, my core identity. And so um, we, we definitely had that, we had that conversation with each other. And what I realized is she's right. She's absolutely right. She didn't raise me to be who I am at, in my identity. And so I wish she ha- would have shown me and figured out who I was as a person. And then off of that parenting me that way. And one of the things that I wish she would have taught me a lot more is about my self-worth so that I wouldn't try to validate myself outside, like outside validation. So I, I played sports. I was the top of my class. I did everything like Brie was saying societal, right? I went to college. I joined a sorority. I did everything right. But now I'm still feeling empty inside. Um, and so when we had a conversation oh, like last week and we were talking and she was like, I'm seeing you now as a woman. So here's some advice for you. I need you to understand that you're about to hit some hardships in life that I really can't, I can't show you the way. However, I'm starting to understand that now I know that I can pass on some advice to you, but you might not like it in that moment. And so we, she was like, let's just sit down and have conversations like weekly. So that's something that I'm actually happy about. That's like a different side of my mom that I've never seen before. And so I'm glad now that she's seeing me as a woman and now I'm seeing her as a human because she was just my mama, you know, she's my mama, but now she's like a human, you know, I mean, I guess she was always a human, but you know, now that we've had that conversation, I feel so much better to continue um, on my journey into adulthood. Nice, Kiana, you mentioning you and your mother having that conversation made me think of something. So did that realization for your mother, and I know you're not your mother, so you can't exactly get into her head, but did that come about at, through some kind of tension or conflict between you and your mother? 
or did it come about as her just realizing that the way in which she engaged with you is no longer working or isn't as productive as it could be? Like, how did that shift in relationship come about? Because I feel like that is common or it should be common in relationships between, let's just say, Black mothers of a certain age and their their young adult children growing up nowadays. So how did that come about? That's so fascinating to me. Uh, yeah. So <clears throat> my mom actually is 20 years older than me. Uh, she just, she'll be 45 this year. And so um, it took a hard circumstance in her life to come like up to the surface really, really high up that made her really think that, hey, I have to reevaluate what's going on because she is getting older and my, me and my siblings are getting older. And she's like, I won't be here long, you know, after. And she She's like, all of these things are happening. She's starting to see me step up. That circumstance, I don't want to talk about these. But a circumstance in her life, it started her, when I was able to step in for her in that moment, she was like, wow, like you are not little Kiana anymore. You're not little Kiki. You know, they used to call me Kiki. She's like, you're not that little person anymore. So that honestly is what made her have that conversation with me. I think that's an interesting like dynamic. I don't know if it's talked about as much, but I, I believe we all kind of experience it to a degree with some other older parent figure or something in our lives is that realization that your little baby, which you will always be your parents baby right that's what they'll always say that my mother tells me that all the time you always be your parents baby but at that transition of where they now are viewing you as an actual grown functioning adult or whatever that looks like and then your internal realization that your parents are actual people that have gone through the same thing that you're going through now that have made mistakes and things of that nature like you've always known them as like this parent figure the superhero what have you but now they're actual like people and I know that was a hard realization for me especially finding Finding out, you know, some things about your parents pre you and your siblings, you know, because now you you view them differently. But I'm I'm glad that I know at least with with me and my mom, we now have those those conversations where we can like communicate both as adults, even though she's still my mother. And I definitely wish my dad was still here so that we can have those conversations as well because his male perspective would be phenomenal. It, the, you know, different perspectives in my life. But I think that's important to really understand and recognize that, I mean, your parents just, they do the best that they can with what they have, you know? And in some instances, it doesn't translate into what your reality as an adult is or will be. Yeah. And I think like to add to that, like, I don't know how many of you all have probably had that serious conversation that Kiana is mentioning with your parents? Like, would you say that you've had that conversation with your, your mom or caretaker or whatever? For yes. me, no. Okay. Um, I feel like bits and pieces. I feel like yeah. as the situation permits, we've had that conversation, but it's never been a sit down, like mm -hmm. full conversation, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And what would y'all say? Like, even you, Sunny D, because like you say, now you can have those conversations with your mom. Like, what would you say was that point? Anybody can answer like in your life where you, you came to your mom and you looked at your mom as a human. And then your mom looked at you as a real adult. I specifically remember, I remember this was like a post a breakup like I don't know almost a decade ago or something like that and I was leaving to go somewhere and she just she just stopped moving and she was just staring at me 
And I'm like, what is something on my face? What is bugging my hair? I don't know what's going on. And she was like, I just, she just had that realization. Like, you're like a woman. And I'm like, yeah, you were there when I was born. Like, you don't know how old I am. That's how it works. <laughs> you know, but me and my mom had this really funny sense of humor. But um, so I remember her kind of having that realization, like, holy crap, like my daughter's like a grown adult. And I remember having that instance where, oh, my parents were like, they F up just like I do in instances where there may, and we still don't know, I'm not telling all of my business, but there may or may not be a half sibling somewhere figuring out all that information and realizing that what I know my parents as and what happened in 1981, it then all, all add up. But just that realization, like, oh, they're actual people and they make, they fuck up like we do. Can we just, first of all, put a pin in this really quick and say, shout out, Brianna, to you for becoming the interviewee who now decided to interview us. Why did I just write that down? I apologize. I'm getting somewhere and I apologize. I wouldn't try to take over, but it's just my nature, y'all. I'm sorry. I peeped it. I You can take. Did you see me look? I was like, did she just turn the interview on us? She did. No, I love it. You can take the in the facilitator out of facilitation <laughs> but you can never take it out of her soul like oh. period <laughs> I was like, Wait a I totally, yeah i peeped it it was smooth too y'all can't see like, it but she did the whole like hand under her chin lean in like so so tell me <laughs> yes and then she was and then had the nerve to be like anyone can answer Oh wait. And I'm like, <laughs> listen, and I just follow. Okay. Right. <laughs> follow. I was just all in, like, oh, but getting back to oh. our interviewees question, I think mine came about as I feel like we are all women of faith. And you know, the good book says that when you know something, it's a company to be upon you to come to your brother and sister and tell them and show them where they may be wrong or something like that. So I feel like as I became an adult and just recognizing my voice and understanding that my mom is my mom, but first and foremost, she is a person and she's fallible and she makes mistakes as well. Coming to her one day and being like, listen, it was lovingly and tactfully, but listen, you might need to think about another viewpoint and what you're doing or something about the way you rock it ain't quite right. And her not liking it in the moment, and she still don't like it in the moment, but her coming back and being like, listen, you were right. And it was what I needed to hear, although I didn't want to hear it. I think that caused a shift in our relationship so much so that now she's like, you my best friend, girl. I come to you whenever I need something because I know you're going to tell me what it is I need to know when you give the best advice. And now I'm like, mama, the roles have reversed. But I think that's where it came in our relationship, just owning and understanding my voice and the power of my voice and not letting somebody else's title or what I perceive, like the level I put them as deter me from speaking up for myself in the things that I feel like they should know or the things that I believe. Yeah, that's good because y'all just said so much and I'm going to try to sum it all up as to why I ask you guys those questions. So I remember um, like when, and when I was in my twenties, I just graduated from college and me and a couple other chicks, we were talking and one girl had, you know, made a joke and she was like, man, as I get older, the closer me and my mom become. And it's so funny because, you know, when I was a teenager, when I was 16 in high school, I couldn't stand my mama. And then now I'm loving my mama. And I still remember that, like, that's like 10 plus years ago. And it's because oftentimes, um, 
we have life happen to us. And almost the only person that you really can go to, like Sunny D said, is the one that was there with you at birth, you know? And granted, sometimes my mama, every year she don't get my birthday right, which I don't understand. Like some days she'll post on Facebook two days before my birthday. And I'm trying to figure out how, and I'm the only child, but that's all good. Same reason why I got a different spelling on my social security and my birth certificate, but don't worry, I love my mama. She loves me. Um... (laughs) But it's like we go back to our moms in those instances, right? So it's often like you said, Sunday, you had a breakup or, you know what I'm saying? Like what you said, Nay, like you talk to your mom about something that she did not want to hear. And so it's oftentimes like that traumatic experience in our life to where we look at our moms and we're like, yo, I understand you probably went through the same exact thing. And you can tell me because you can relate. Like we've been using the word relatable all day today on this show. And it's because at that point in time, that's when we can relate to our parents and we're like wow so then that's when we put on and we look at them as like they're human because one of the phases within the workshop that we talk was that we talked about how when um, parents are raising us we see our parents as not human and then our parents see us as not human or treat us as not human so then what happens is what's modeled from both the child and the parent is that we dehumanize one another, right? Because A, we never see our mom show emotions, you know, like what you just said, um, this superhero cape, like this superhuman cape. We always see our mamas do everything, get everything done. You know what I'm saying? Even when they're hurt, we don't see them cry. You know what I'm saying? When we struggling, we don't see them, but we find out we end up with food on our table. You know what I'm saying? And we know that life is hitting them, but because they never let us see those vulnerable pieces of their life, then we fear like, okay, y'all superhuman. And guess what? We treat them like they're superhuman. So when we're 16, that's why we can be brats to our mamas, even though we know they're going through hurt, but we don't care because mama, you've always showed me that you're, a, you know, you're superhuman. You got this. So my hurtful words to you ain't gonna hurt because you've been hurt the last 16 years of my life. And then like when we were growing up, our mothers never let us use our voice. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, every time we would talk, it was like, be quiet. No, because I said so. That's why, you know, like we could never ask questions. So then it's not until we hit our traumatic experience because what our moms have been modeling to us is where this superhero cape 100 day, you know, 365 days out of the year, 24 hours at a time. But then when we get to our breaking point and we like, I can't take this, I got to take this cape off. Then that's when we realize, man, mama, it's impossible for you to wear that superhero, um, you know, hero cape every single day. And now you can look at them and you can be like, dang, I get it. And I say that, and I'll share my story too, right? Like a lot of people hear me share my story. Um, I went through a divorce a couple of years back and my mama went through a divorce um, a few years back, but it was in that time where I started to reflect on my mom's marriage and how my marriage mirrored my mom's marriage, that that's when I was able to have that deep conversation with my mama. And now, like you said, it's like, we're best friends now. We talk about a lot and she actually does come to me and my aunties make a joke. They're like, oh, oh, you know, Sharon got to ask her mama, you know, it's sad that the daughter number turned into the mother. But honestly, that's where it is with our parents now is because they, they, this generation now we're bolder right? And we're not 
take a no for an answer, you know? And so a lot of times it, you kind of will see that like in people who are ambitious and stuff, like our parents are so excited and happy to have us in their lives that now they do come to us for advice. And so I think that that's really kind of cool to see, like, where I was hurt. I just heard you talk about it, like where your mom's like, okay, I come to you for advice. But it's like, it's almost like beautiful that, that our parents have that humility and that wisdom to understand that, okay, I've led them so far and now I have enough wisdom that if I don't have it to figure it out, I don't care that my daughter is younger than me. She has some experience and some knowledge in this. And so I'm going to get her feedback on that. And so, yeah, that's what life is all about, I think. Now I can have y'all show back. I mean, at this point, you can take it. (laughs) Wow. First and foremost, it's just like, again, listeners, this is why I'm so excited that they are on this podcast, because when I told you earlier, they are going to be dropping gems. I didn't know they were going to be taking over the show, but you know, I'm okay with that because the way she just transitioned and just dropped all those gems, I hope y'all pick them up and woo. So I have a follow-up question for both of you. So Kiana, earlier you said you didn't have a blueprint and you had to figure out basically your own self-worth, right? And then Brianna, you just said that basically we're seeing our fam, our parents kind of like the tables are being turned, right? So like the child is now the teacher or what is it like? The student is now the teacher. The student has become the teacher. And so tell me what tools have y'all acquired along the way to not only break the blueprints that your parents were, your parents were disqualified to teach you, but the blueprints now that y'all are creating for your future selves, for your amazing, flourishing, trailblazing, trailblazing foundation that y'all are creating now? That was a really good question. I'm sitting over here thinking like, oh, well, thank you. I had to get my Oprah on because, you know, Brianna came. To, she came. To, she came. She ready, ready. Well, I guess some tools that I learned is I learned to question everything now that I've gotten older. And it's something that not just my mom, um, this is something I've acquired from all the women in my family. So um, in grad school, we had this teacher, her name is Dr. Ben. Oh, I love her. And she made us do these reflection journals. And one of the things that I reflected on um, was the, my family is very matriarchal, that the women really rule my family. And I realized that I had so, even if I don't like the way that their life is going, I really love the way that they are um and some I learned something from each one of them and something that I've learned um from my aunt Tan and Brianna is like to ask why and to question my life and so now I before I was kind of doing it but now I'm intentionally doing it I'm intentionally questioning okay well why did I want to get oh I wanted validation from somebody outside of myself then I asked myself oh okay well why did I want to have kids just to have a mini me that's not kids aren't mini miniature use they're actual people like Brianna was talking about so I just really started questioning myself and I've taken that tool and I've used it in my life. I'm questioning where am I wanting to go? What are my signs? Um, am I religious? Do I want to be religious? Why Why am I religious? You know, so now that I've started asking myself these questions, I've actually uncovered a lot about who I am at my core identity. And it's not who I was when I was younger. And I'm actually loving it that I'm uncovering. And it's like chipping away on an iceberg. So I'm actually really excited to figure out who I am as a real adult. Yeah, I think for me, it's probably self-love. And I say that like, because I think about our family, like we're, we're a big family. My grandmother and grandpa had 10 kids, five boys, five girls, and then all of them had kids. So like every, every, every one that I bring around my family, they always talk, man, your family has so much love and so much love in this family. <laughs> and I always feel like I'm the golden child of the family. Like I feel like I'm the special one. Everybody loves me a lot, a lot. I'm everybody's favorite outside of Kiana, Kiana, 10 years later came Kiana, you know what I'm saying? But, um, <laughs> 
but I, if I'm being honest, I really do. Like, I feel like everybody has this special love for me in my family and that's great. And what happened was when I grew up, like when I, you know, went to college and stuff, I learned to have that love for everybody but I didn't have it for myself. And so it's crazy, like, because I would question like, man, how is it that I have so much love to give and my family loves me so freaking much? But how is it that at the age of 30, when I was at my lowest, I did not love myself? Like, where'd that come from? So that's one of the things that I've had to figure out is like how to love myself. And then from there, it's kind of like what Kiana talked about. It's like, now I'm creating my own narrative for my life of like, oh yeah, Brianna doesn't want to eat meat. I'm fine with that. You know, Brianna doesn't want to, you know, do X, Y, Z like the family did. And I'm fine with that, you know? And um, I think another thing for me is every decision that I make in my life now, it's always based upon um, who is this going to affect? Because I know that every decision that I make, um, there's a little girl out there that needs me to make the right choice for her sake. And so um, those are my leading things. I've got to love myself so I can go back and help these other little girls who don't love themselves learn how to love themselves. I have a question and it's kind of along the same lines of what we're talking about, but a little bit in left field. So work with me. Is that all right? (laughs) Is that all right? But in you all's line of work, um, do you see a shift in women today of being not only bolder, but also more vulnerable in their dealings with others and especially their children? And by that, I mean um, creating a space and a opportunity for their children to create their own blueprints instead and just kind of being there to help guide them and help them go over those rough patches and instead of doing like previous generations of handing their children a blueprint and being like, now you got to fit in it. Do you all see that shift in your line of work? Yes, um, absolutely, for sure. So one of the things when we were preparing for our workshop, we did a survey. And so we surveyed several women. And one of the questions that I asked the women as a follow-up question, because we had about five questions and they were all about their their upbringing and what their mothers taught them and what they wish they would have had. And so a follow-up question that I would ask them was, you're a parent now or either you want to be a parent. What is one thing you're going to teach your children. And literally all of them said the same thing is that they were going to let their kids use their voice. So they were never going to tell their kids, no, they were going to let their kids like ask those questions. And I mean, you know, like if it's like a safety reason, of course, yes, no. Right. But it's like, if they ask, you know, inquisitive questions and stuff like that, it's never going to be because I said so, you know what I'm saying? Like when you would ask your mama, like, mama, why I got to eat this ham and cheese sandwich tonight? She was like, because I said, so yo you could have just told me we broke and we don't get paid till Friday I would have understood you know I still wouldn't have wanted the sandwich but I would have been like okay and I probably would have went to school and said yeah we ain't got no money till Friday so I had to eat a ham and cheese sandwich but it's like that's what um all these women are now doing is they want their kids to use their voice and you know what I like about that and what I'm seeing like in um I'll give you an example my cousin Tan, which is actually Kiana's aunt, both of her kids, like she, she, she did that for both of her kids, but her daughter is 16. Um, and she's been wrestling for what is it, two, three years now? She's the youngest female wrestler within their area. And now she is getting like a lot of clout from like famous wrestlers and stuff like that. Um, not only that, she's an A honor roll student in this magnet school that is working to get her um her uh, associate's degree along with her high school 
school degree. And so she's no lie. Like, um, I don't watch wrestling. But when I send people her stuff, they're like, man, your little cousin is really, really good. Like she could make it pro. But I say that to say this. One of the things that Tan always said that she did with her children is that whenever they said they wanted to try something and she never she never told them no, she let them explore. And I think when you allow your kids to explore, then you remove that ceiling that most of us, our parents put on our lives. And like now it's like, man, she's finna flourish. And I'm seeing that like with a lot of parents, like they're letting their children, humanizing their children, right? And letting them explore. And then they're just killing life. Yeah, see, I asked that because as the resident mommy on the pod, <laughs> me and my husband have made a concert effort to raise our child to be a free Black boy child. So with that, we come against the struggle of our older relatives and even people our age who are used to that old school parenting and kind of challenging the freedom that we give our child. But we often say we are raising a Black boy in the year 2022. Society and the world is going to put all sorts of barriers and boundaries up against him. And we want him to be his freest at home. So I kind of just wanted to see if I had a tribe out there. Not gonna lie. Yeah, you definitely do. And I'm probably gonna jack this up, but I was listening to an audio one time and the guy was like, um, you know, we're not raising kids. You know, we're raising younger people to become adults or something like that. You know what I'm saying? And when he said that, I was like, hmm, that's really a good take on it, you know? And that's kind of like what that reminds me of what you're doing now. Like you're allowing your son the freedom and you're also like the, because that's the thing. Like a, a lot of times, like when all of us got into college, everybody always talks about, tell me one thing about adulthood. It's the freedom. It's the freedom. It's because we just had so many limitations on us when we were children that when we get to adulthood, we don't know, you know what I'm saying? Like what choices to make. And a lot of the times we make wrong choices because we want to see what those no's feel like that we were told we couldn't do. So then of course we go and do those bad things, right? Like for me, my biggest thing was I wanted to know what it felt like to get drunk. And I mixed clear and brown liquor and I did not know you were not supposed to mix them. And it was horrible. It was so bad. I still got a mark on my forearm from that, but it's okay. Um, But it's like now I think that's good. Like what you're doing, you're giving your child those freedoms. So then when he becomes an adult, he's not going to be, have that much anxiety as his peers will behind making, having so many options. Now we just know he's going to be the one that thinks he can do any and everything because he, he gets told no, but it's like you said, no for safety reasons. And we understand not only is he extremely curious, but he's a strong willed child. And so it is a push and pull and a constant mental fight for myself not to stifle him. And even when our personalities clash and differ. So yeah, he going to be a force to be reckoned with. Well, that's good. Cause when I have my son, I'm going to call you every day. Cause I always say whenever I have my son, it's going to be so funny. Cause he's going to be like, mama, can I wear my Spider-Man shoes with my Batman uniform? Yes, you can son, because you are great. Like my baby boy, he going to do whatever he want to do. And I'm going to be fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And honestly, Brianna, when you um when you have your little boy, Nate is like such an amazing parent, like freaking awesome. Like I she already knows she's gonna help me with my twins and everything. We're flying her back from Spain. She oh yeah, she got this. Um, but I did want to ask a question because you both made such a beautiful point of raising children and raising not just children, but raising free children. And then I think about when we look at adults, how we admire the ones who are serving 
assertive, who can speak up for themselves, who are articulate, who are leadership skills. But then what that looks like in children is they may be the kids that you're like, sit down, stop talking. Why are you doing this? And they're very kind of quote unquote all over the place, but they're just exploring, right? But we basically quote unquote tolerate those kids who are just what we call like hyperactive versus help them explore where they're going, like what they, like you said, what they want to do, what they don't want to do. But looking at it, like raising a child of like how you want this child to be as an adult and then moving backwards. But that being said, what is the one thing you wish your parents taught you to prepare you for adulthood? Um, I wish my mom, I honestly wish she would have taught me to not be so cautious from who, honestly, uh, growing up, my mom was very, I would like to say I almost raised my mom. And so she was a young mother. She had me when she was 20 and she's not really like, she had a lot of trouble emotionally self-regulating. And so in return, I'm the oldest of three kids and me and my brother are seven years apart. Me and my sister are four years apart. And she was a single mother to three kids in early 20s. She had all her kids in her 20s. And so um, as being the oldest, the older sister, I don't know if y'all know like the myth of the eldest sister, but always being second mom, she taught me how to be so cautious. And so I never went out. um, I never went out for those things that I wish I would have done. So one thing I had a conversation with Bree is I was like, I have so much imposter syndrome. I have so much anxiety all the time. And um, one of the things that she told me, she was like, Kiana, you are now playing in A-League as an A-Leaguer. I was so used to in playing in A and B-League as an A-Leaguer that I was like the best at everything. But it's because I was taking, I was being so cautious at what I was doing in life. Um, And I wasn't taking any risks because my mom was taking all the risks when I was younger. So I learned from her that, oh, I don't want to be like her. So let me be cautious and think about everything so intently instead of like feeling it. And now um, I'm all about my feelings now. I do everything based on my feelings. So I'm trying to unlearn being so cautious about, no, I can't spend $10 today because I ain't gonna have no money at the end of the month to pay my rent. And I don't want to be out on the road. But now I'm like, I'm gonna spend that $10. I'll figure out where I get $10 from. I'm young. I can ask my aunt. I'm gonna ask Bree, you know? So I'm more, um, <laughs> I'm gonna be more free from now on. That's something that I wish my mom would just taught me from who she was as a person. Not specifically like sat down and talked, but seeing her raise me and my school. Wow, that's awesome. Um, I did want before you um, go ahead and lead Bree, because I feel like you may with this question, maybe facilitating it again. <laughs> you said something about you had to raise your mom, but also imposter syndrome. So can you both speak to me about imposter syndrome? I'm gonna let Kiana go first, because she's the one who introduced me to imposter syndrome. Yeah, so <laughs> honestly, I remember that day like it was yesterday. Um, we were about to leave. I think it was had to been it was sometime in October, I believe. Um, it was for Corbin's birthday. Corbin's birthday. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for Corbin's yeah. birthday, and Brie had came down, and I had just got my new car, and I just started first semester of grad school. I was hot and popping, but I really wasn't inside. And I had asked Brie, and I was like, Brie, you know, like I'm just feeling so so hard to all these people. Um, I'm in grad school, and I feel like I feel so dumb. I'm one of three uh, black women out of a cohort of 20 people, and like I just feel like the experience that I'm getting, everybody else knows something. I can't even speak up in class. And Brie was like, Kiana, like, you know, she gave that um that whole spill, like you, you're an A-leaguer playing in A-league. Now you gotta get used to, you know, playing with the big boys. Then I was like, Yeah, you know, um, my bosses and stuff at school, uh, we had sessions talking about imposter syndrome. Like, I think I have imposter syndrome, like that's what they call it. And like Brie gave me the feeling, um, but I was able to put a name to it. And then from then on out, we were kind of like like delving and actually doing a lot of like research around the word. And that's honestly how we start um to coin or not coin, but start to um talk about imposter syndrome and what that looks like. 
like, especially for women of color, that's the, I was talking about, especially for women of color, what is imposter syndrome? What does it look like? And so I'll let Brie take it away because she got more of the knowledge behind it. Oh, Lord. So it's so funny. Like when we were having that conversation and she was just like, I think it's just my imposture. It's my imposture. It's my imposture. And I don't know, like if y'all ever been in this point, like where you, you like, you want to sound and seem educated. So like when she was talking about imposture, I did this and I was like, okay, oh, yes. I didn't know what imposter syndrome was. So finally I had to ask her. I was like, what are you talking about? What is imposter syndrome? And so that's when she was just like telling me, um, she was like, man, you know, it's like when you doubt yourself constantly or you feel like you don't belong in rooms that you're in. And the reason why that hit me so bad was because like what she said, she put a term to how I had been feeling. And it was so funny because like just before that, I had um, left a leadership conference and within the leadership conference, they had given me a shout out from stage about some of the great things that I had been doing um, within my business and within life as in the whole. And that same time we were driving back to Texas from that leadership conference. Um, I was telling a friend, I was like, man, I feel like the word I used at the time, I was like, I feel like I'm a poser. And I was just like, cause all these people tell me like at work in my personal life and friendships, like people are always like, you're so great. You're so amazing. You're so this, you're so that. And honestly, like not to toot my own horn or to sound like I'm, you know, conceited or anything, but it's like everything that I put my hands to I achieve you know anything that I want to do I get it done but I still don't feel that you know so it's like why 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 is, why is this emptiness like everybody else says this about me and I so I actually did a TEDx talk over imposter syndrome and one of the you know one of the slogans that I said is how come all the things that people say about me I don't see in me you know and that's a problem and so anyways we took that and we ran with it and that's really what imposter syndrome is if you're in rooms that you're supposed to be in, but you don't feel like you belong in those rooms. And so for Black women, because you don't see a lot of us in those rooms, then it's 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 really hard. For, it's easy for us to question, you know what I'm saying? Like, should I really be here? Or what am I on, you know, what am I here for? Because they need a Black representative person in here, you know? Like, so you always question, am I really deserving of this because of my skills and my abilities? Or is it because of an underlining factor of it? And then I think another part to imposter syndrome for minorities in general, especially us Black women, right? We always got to figure out, okay, who we show up as. Like, people always ask me, like, yeah, okay, I'm going to tell you this. Somebody sent me this meme before, and it was like, I'm a vegetarian who loves trap music. And they were like, oh my gosh, that is so you. That's me. Like, people, when people get in my car, like, they're, uh, they don't realize, like, they'd be like, oh, really? You, you listen to him? You listen to, really? You listen to Black Youngster? Like, yeah, I listen to Black Youngster, you know, but it's like when I get in meetings, it's like I have to put on my oh Heather you know like I'm a deal like Heather yes I do imposter syndrome oh yes it affects all black women <laughs> but it's the thing of for black women we are putting on we got this superhero cape on right so we're tired from that then we gotta also put on this mask for uh, five days a week eight hours at a time 40 hours sometimes more and it's like that's also a piece to imposter syndrome we feel like we're fake because we're acting fake and so it's getting 
getting to this point in our lives to where we can be who we are and you roll with it or you don't. You know what I'm saying? So either you like my black youngster and you like the fact that I'm also a TEDx presenter or you don't because I'm both, you know, and we were talking about our business and we were like, who is the woman that we want to attract? And at first, Kiana was like, well, I think it needs to be um, this woman who's affluent and, um, you know, she's progressing in life. And she was like, well, what do you think? I said, well, the woman that we're going to attract is me. And the woman that we're going to attract is a woman who wants to pursue more in life, who loves the Lord, who reads her Bible, who also will listen to Karen Clark Sheard, but will turn on Black Youngster from time to time because she's set enough in her faith. The woman who, yes, is struggling in life and may not be where she wants to go, but she doesn't want to be where she is right now. You know, so the woman who, yes, is articulate, who loves to read, but she's also the woman who loves to twerk. You know what I'm saying? So it's again, what I talked about at the beginning, it's that balance. And so a lot of us deal with imposter syndrome because we don't have that balance of who we really are. And so once we kind of, that's our life work if, uh, with, with sure is to help women find that balance and, and, and stop trying to hide what society says are those negatives. You know, um, that's not me listening to Waka Flocka. That's not, you know what I'm saying? Me having videos out there where I'm really getting it in because I do get it in. Um, that's not, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm me. I, I'm articulate. I'm smart. But I'm also these other things that encompass me because that's who makes me Brianna. And so I know I kind of went all the way around. But basically, when we when we look at imposter syndrome, that's really what imposter syndrome is. But the reason why we doubt ourselves is because we're not bringing our full selves into those um, areas. Ooh, damn. You just dropped so many <laughs> You might need a cigarette after that. You know what? Let me just sit back and just receive. Like, this is a receiving moment right now. (laughs) That's why I was like, you know what? Let me ask the question, put it out there. And I'm going to sit back because Brown is going to take it over. I knew it. (laughs) But um, to ask the question, thank you so much for answering the question about imposter syndrome. And I'm definitely coming back to that because you had so many gems. But I want to reroute us to, for you, because Kiana answered the question. And then I'm sorry, I detoured us, but I'm going to bring us back. For you to answer the question, what is the one thing? you wish your parents would have taught you to prepare you for adulthood? It's probably the same answer I mentioned earlier, just about self-love. Because if I truly loved myself, then I wouldn't have been the stepping stool for a lot of people because I would have valued myself in my life and what I have to offer. And that really would have saved me a lot of pain. I love that. And I just, I'm going to reroute to imposter syndrome. When you were talking, I felt like the lady you were talking to was me. And I can't speak for Nay or Sunny D. Y'all can um, chime in, please do. But I really felt like you were, both of y'all were talking to me of like going into rooms and you don't feel like you belong or being the only black woman in the room and really feeling like, oh, this is just affirmative action. Right. And then when you're going into these rooms, you may speak, but it's like, you're not heard, if that makes sense. And then having to think about like code switch is when you were talking about earlier, I was like, oh, code switching. And I hate code switching with a passion. One, because it's like, I don't feel like I'm being my authentic self. So now I have to put on a mask and this whole entire costume to go into do a job for, like you said, eight to 10 hours. And then to come home, take off of the, take off this costume just to be me. And I don't think it's fair for black women. And I don't think it's fair for any woman of color to have to go through that. Nay, Sunny D, want to chime in or? I mean, you speaking directly to me. I don't know about you, but um, yeah, absolutely. Especially because like even now with my current job, because I have a full-time job outside of this, I'm, I'm stepping out on faith in 
I've put my name in the hat for a position that on paper, from an educational standpoint, I'm not qualified for, at least not the requirements that they have, you know, suggested. I'm like, I didn't go to school for that. I have a BA in theater. Like, no, <laughs> that has nothing to do with what this position is. However, comma, I do these things at my current job and this is at a, a national level. So I've absolutely had those thoughts. Like, am, would I even be considered? Am I even qualified to do this? Because I don't have this type of education. I haven't done it at this level before or anything like that. But at the end of the day, yes, I do. Because I'm really good at my job and I know what I'm doing and I can do it at a larger level. And I already know that my name has been spoken in rooms that I've never been in. That's Bible, if not, it should be. But I was just thinking in hearing you all talk about imposter syndrome and I'm going to preface this by saying I suffer from that as well. So this is nay where she is today in the mindset that she is right now because we all know things change throughout life. But there have been instances where Sanity, like you said, I have been in positions where I know on paper I was not qualified, but I serve a God, you know, who will put you places where you don't think you deserve to be. And I have walked in that. So how does your faith counteract for Brianna and Kiana? How does your faith counteract with those moments of imposter syndrome that you might face? Because it sounds like you all both are women of some kind of faith. Um, I can go ahead and start and say by my, our family is a praying family. If something is going on, I just call my grandma. <laughs> I call Doris Johnson because she gonna answer at any time. And I'm be like, Nana, please, can we pray together? My mama, please, can we pray together? But one of the things that mama told me uh, when we had the conversation, we were talking on the phone the other day, was, I can't keep praying for you. You gotta start praying for yourself. And I said, what you mean? She's like, you can't call me before a test anymore. I, I can I can do it with you, but I need you to start it. I need you to start this because um, if you choose to have kids, when you get older, they are gonna be calling you. And I was like, no, they are gonna call you. <laughs> and she was like, no, ma'am no ma'am so um in those moments when I doubt myself I honestly just close my eyes and I'm like you know lord I ain't even gonna wrap this up pretty but this is how I'm feeling and I don't know really know what to do but um could you please give me some type of strength right now because I, I really need like all of it um and in that moment I'm strengthened by him but also by my family because they are ride or dies they gonna always support me um so in that moment I just rely on my family and my faith for me and this is the same practice that that I do both in my faith and then also with women that I work with. Um, And it's two things. First, you got to fact check. So a lot of times when we're doubting ourselves, give yourself a fact check of everything that you've done. So it's kind of like what you said. What am I tripping for? I don't deserve this job. I already do the job in my current job. Fact check. You know what I'm saying? What do you mean I'm not a great speaker? I've done several presentations successfully and everyone says that I do amazing. Fact check. So I'm almost like boosting my own self up, right? Because like what Kiana said, you you have to learn. Yeah, it's good to have that support system, but you also need to learn how to be your biggest cheerleader. You need to learn how to be your biggest supporter. So whenever I'm doubting myself, I always go back and I fact check myself. So I go down all the list of all the accolades that I've ever accomplished because sometimes we forget about that. And then, you know, like we forget how great we are. Everyone else can remember how great we are, you know, but we forget. So first I do the fact check. And then next thing is like just affirmations, right? And so, you know, if you in the spiritual world, it's affirmations. If if you in the faith world is, you know, speaking what you want, you know, or speaking to believe or it's faith. That's the word is faith. And so I affirm myself 
of like, yes, I am. I'm going to go into this interview and I'm going to land it. I've done several interviews and killed those interviews before, you know? So it's like whatever I'm affirming and I'm speaking it into existence. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, when we always talk about being spiritual, it's funny because me um, were talking and she was just talking about like the David and Goliath story or whatever. And that just really stuck with me because she was always like, so many people want to be a Goliath, but not realizing that at the end of that story, Goliath falls. And so something that's funny was I actually went back and I was like, you know what, I'm going to study this. And I started studying that, um, that story. And one of the things that David did was he fact checked. Like when people were like, yo, you can't go and fight this Philistine. He's taller than you, you young and all this. And he fact checked them. He was like, what y'all think I've been doing while y'all been out here for weeks, afraid to fight this Philistine. I've been out here slaying lions with a bear and a bear with a, with, you know, with my bare hands. You know what I'm saying? Like I've been using stones. So while all of these people in the army were trying to downplay him, he fact checked them real quick. And then another thing to that is that Saul, who was leading the call, he said, okay, well, since you finna go fight him here, you can take my armor. And so Saul went and, you know, he gave him his armor and David put that armor on, but that armor was too big. But here's the thing. David had enough confidence in who he was to say, nah, nah, bro, this don't fit me. I'm gonna go out there in my original uniform. So a lot of things that's hindering us as people is that we're trying to go into battles wearing uniforms that were not designed for us and we're wondering why we're losing them. So it's like until you come start to fact check yourself. So yeah, whatever I want to do, I am a David. And guess what? I'm finna slay this Philistine with everything that God has already put in me. Why? Because I'm fact checking. I'm a David. And ain't nobody else got to tell me that I don't deserve to be in rooms. I don't need you to tell me that. I can fact check that. Drop the damn mic. I mean, so the doors of the church are open. All the way. Is there one? Come on, my offering plate. I need it, Lord. Is there one? Like with that, that's all you have to do is just drop the mic and walk away. Like, you know, I thought churches was on Sunday, but that's cool too. Bring it on in. She did. She literally took, a, not even to church. I don't, I mean, she Listen, literally took us to God himself. Straight to, straight to the straight Lord. Straight to him. Y'all can't tell me God ain't real. Okay. And I just pray that because I ministered so well that the Lord gives me knees like Megan, because I have really been trying. You know, he <laughs> says when one or more or two or more gather, it is Gather, done. strengthen these tendons. Amen. Oh man. So with that, I also <laughs> want to add an additional quote from Brianna Webster. And this quote <laughs> is, use your resources, girl. You were never created to journey life alone. And like, even with that quote, I was trying to segue that into earlier, but you know, I think it's perfect here too, because she was talking about using these resources of affirmation, speaking. And the one that I know I'm about to figure out how to use in my life is this fact check. And I just love that takeaway. I just, there, there, there's so many, there's so, Gems. there's so many. So it's that y'all um I am like over here on a high right now and it's like a natural high not my not my high high but um I'm just like on such a high right now with these two ladies and I hate to end this conversation I really do I hate to end it but we are going to transition into moments of melanation moments of melanation moments of melanation is where we highlight a black person doing their thing today for moments of melanation we are highlighting we are highlighting the lovely Dr. Marion Groke, PhD. Put some respect on her name and her titles. Um, she is the creator of VOIP, which is Voice Over Internet Protocol. And it is the technology behind Skype, MSS messaging, and more. This lady is bad, y'all. She holds over 200 patents. That means she creating stuff. 
And she is credited for, like I said, that, that voice over internet protocol, which allows for the delivery of voice communications and multimedia sessions over internet protocol, such as the internet. So like I said, your Skype, your MSMS messaging, and even Zoom, what we're on today. She also pioneered the use of network, well, phone network services to make it easy for the public to donate in crisis. So I know we've seen all of those like donate to Katrina by texting da-da-da-da-da to da-da-da-da. A Black woman did that. So ladies, how do you all feel about Black women, not only in tech, but also in our STEM and STEAM, you know, fields? What are your thoughts? I love technology. Um, you can ask Brie. I am a nerd for technology. Anything that happens um, for our business behind the scenes is usually my nerdy self. Um, and so just to hear that she created so many things that I use myself, it's so wonderful because now I feel so representative because sometimes I think, oh, I wonder who created them. Like, probably Mark Zuckerberg or like, you know, some founders of Google. But it's nice to hear that some of the things that I use that today um, was created by a Black woman. So I feel seen. Yeah, for me, I just like, when I see it too, like, I'm like, man, that's amazing. But I'm almost like, too, I'm like, it's about time because how many times have they stolen stuff from us and not given us the credit? So just to see like, you know, our women like actually getting the credit or where credit is due, it just makes me prideful. And then also we were just talking about like being in rooms where you're the only one, like it's exciting to see other women in those rooms. And because I know that, you know, they're going to make a way for other black girls going into STEM too. And Brianna, you touched on something that I feel like is so interesting about how there needs to be, you know, well, it's good to see other people in these other fields and to see like when black women are doing things, I guess, do you all feel like because society likes to be gatekeepers in some things and doesn't like to give us our shine, do you feel like it's incumbent upon us as a people to actively search out these people and put a spotlight on them? Or should we, you know, just wait for society to kind of put the spotlight on them? Because I'm not gonna lie, I've never heard of this woman until I was Googling Black women inventors. <laughs> and then I saw her name. And like you said, Kiana, these are things that we use every day. And I don't know about y'all, but I'm tired of hearing about the same five people in Black History Month. Like I'm tired of it. So like I said, is it a commit upon us to put a spotlight on these other people? Or should we just wait for mainstream white society to give us our flowers? I want to say, I just feel like I don't want any mainstream quote unquote to give us our flowers because I feel like we need to do that ourselves. And on top of that, like you said, the representation, like we didn't even know who this woman was, but look at the amount, look at what she created and how it affects the whole entire world. Right. I'm loving that. And I like Brianna said earlier, I am not a fan of how anything that we do, they take or they get credit for, or it's like, oh, well, somebody created this. Oh, it's a white person who did this or a colonizer or whatever. And it's like, no, actually it was a black person who created it. Right. And that just, that, that's a whole entire different episode because that frustrates me. So yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's our responsibility because for one, you know, us black women, we're all, we're so humble. And so a lot of the times when we make it, we don't really go back and like talk about our, like our greatness and our accolades and stuff like that. So it's almost like important for us to kind of go out there and, you know, share those stories with, with other people. So I think it's, I think it's our job. I agree with everyone. I think it is our job because um, what Michael, Malcolm X said, the revolution would not be televised. And so one of the things that I think about is, I don't know y'all knew when TikTok, when they stopped doing uh, a lot of the Black creators just stopped doing TikTok and TikTok stock, everything went like, 
And so once we take our creativity and take our life, if we took back what we invented, the world would be no more. So I just think about that every day. And so that's one of the things that um, that I continue to tell everyone around me who creates is you put your name on it. Bree has taught me, put my name on it. People around me, put your name on everything because without it, the world would be no more, literally. Yeah, because a funny representation of that, Kiana, like you were saying with the Black creators on TikTok, did y'all see where Megan's um, stop, insert word, they were doing that dance and it totally had nothing to do with the dance. And it was so funny how a white girl was even like, she gives y'all the instructions, but y'all want to copy Black people so much that you're not even doing anything that has to do with it. And I was like, white sis, you you said it. But with that, I'm going to throw it back to Nakai. Ooh, that's funny. Hands on your knees. <laughs> but yeah, so we both, we all three of us want to thank you for being here. So with that, ladies, thank you again. And as you, as our listeners know, we always, always, always end with an affirmation. And today, y'all, we have the pleasure of having Brianna do our affirmation today. I guess so this week I would say just remember that your words have power. And so you have the power to create anything in life using your words. So if you want to manifest it, use your words, claim it, and then go after it because it's already done. Yes. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. Listeners, this is only the part one. We are going to continue this conversation because, I mean, we just have two amazing women on this podcast, on this episode today. So we definitely want to continue. But for today, this episode, we are going to say thank you. You can follow us all on Where's My Blueprint Podcast on all social media, on all social media where podcasts are found. And please, please, please comment, review, subscribe. And with that, we want to say thank you, ladies, and we are out. Thank you. Bye-bye.